The opinions expressed on this podcast are not meant to be disseminated as medical advice. If you need additional clarification or have questions, consult a mental health professional in your area. Hello, and welcome to 10 Minutes to Save Your Marriage, the only podcast where a psychologist, that's Steve, and a comedy writer, that's me, James Breakwell, take a crack at your long-running relationship issues and try to solve them in 10 minutes or less. How are you doing tonight, Steve? I'm doing real well, James. Thanks. So, our listener question today. First of all, my marriage is great. I am still very much in love with him after 21 years. He is an amazing partner who is attentive and does laundry. I have just one little issue that I deal with. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) He still has a very active sex appetite, which is great. I wouldn't want the opposite. However, my sex appetite has dwindled. It's not because I find him unattractive. I'm just tired. There have been occasions where I know he wants sex so much that I just give in. Then I feel resentful that he would do it without thinking about my feelings, which then puts me off longer for the next time. It is so interesting because I think for him it is mostly physical with a bit of emotion. I know he would rather have me be into it. But for me it is mostly emotional with the physical being a perk. So if my head isn't right, uh, it is not too much fun as it should be. Wow, I just turned a simple question into a therapy session. Can you give me some advice, especially from the male perspective? <laughs> and before we dive into this, let me just give a disclaimer here. We're going we're gonna to take a crack at this. Um, Steve's going to come at this from the perspective of, you know, years of experience as a, uh, as a marriage counselor. So this is, these are going to be the, the real-world experiences he's had, and I'm going to come at this from the perspective of absolutely nothing, just off the top of my head, no expertise whatsoever. Uh, but we realize <laughs> out there that there's, you know a whole range of libidos and role reversals and there's marriages where men want more sex than women and women want more sex than men there's every every variety of relationship out there so don't don't think we're falling into stereotypes here but we're going to start addressing this this one specific question from the from the vantage point that she gave us and we're going to try not to get a million angry comments on this so we'll see if this disclaimer works or not <laughs> we'll see i'm not too optimistic i think the hate mail is going to flow but let's go ahead and take a crack at it steve go ahead and get us into trouble well, what's listen. your advice I hope that it doesn't elicit hate mail because I don't think this is an uncommon issue in couples in general. That uh, guys, they just have uh, their metronome beats a little bit faster than women. And I know that it's not across the board, but particularly as people age, that uh, she's dead on accurate with fatigue plays a big role. And particularly for the woman that uh, after having a few kids that grow up and wear you the heck out and then you've got life and probably work and you got a house to maintain like there's a lot going on that impacts sex drive and when it comes to human sexuality women are like a finely tuned sports car and men are like skateboards like there's not a whole lot to the sexual response cycle for guys and so yeah this doesn't shock me and i hear stuff like this um fairly often, particularly with middle-aged couples, but a couple of things. Um, one is the um, the resentment that's growing, I think, if I always tell people, if you agree to something, whatever it is, can you uh, bring me a glass of water to, I'd like to have sex tonight, if you, <laughs> there's a whole range in between there. <laughs> very, very similar things. Thanks for laying out the range there. <laughs> But if you agree to do a favor for somebody, do it and be gracious about it. Don't punish the person 
for doing them a favor. Like, make don't make them feel bad about you agreeing to do them a favor. If the answer's no, let it be no. And, and talk with your husband about it ahead of time, because it doesn't sound like there's a whole lot that's negative between the two of you anyway. But I would also suggest that if he needs... Uh, Let's see. We have to be a little bit delicate, but I'm not going to be able to completely. So cover <laughs> okay, your ears, James. Here's where we James. get into trouble. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> if he needs that release, and men do need biologically to keep the prostate cleared out, otherwise they're in danger of getting infections of the prostate. So that does have to be <laughs> that does have to be emptied fairly regularly. And so what he needs is release. He doesn't necessarily need intercourse. And what I'll always tell couples is there's a lot of ways to give a man release that don't require a lot of effort on the woman's part. That uh, depending on how bashful or how, uh, how much anxiety he got growing up about masturbating, that to have the guy just sort of involve the woman, I, I don't think it, it doesn't sound like this gal is disinterested in him sexually. It's just that she would rather go to sleep some nights, and if he can just take a, a minute or two and just have her kind of stroke his chest or kiss his forehead or something and have him masturbate, he can have her involved in that sexual side of him and that release, but it doesn't have to be something that takes her out of that I'm settling in to go to sleep mode. And this I is, don't know if you're covering your face I, I right now. This but... is the moment where I realized starting a, a second podcast with you was an incredible mistake. I regret everything that led me to this moment. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, James, because I think I mentioned this in one of our earlier episodes. With Not just with couples, but with almost every single client who walks through the door, we talk about sex at some point. It's almost 100%. It's not quite 100%, but sex is so foundational to who we are, you can't parcel it out from our relationships, both with ourselves and with other people. So I don't have any bashfulness talking about this kind of stuff with other adults, but it is kind of funny to watch their reactions when I broach topics and questions. Some are like, oh, I'm so glad you asked. I would have never been able to bring it up. And some are like uh, like you, like, I can't believe we're actually talking you know, about this. I think it would be different if I was having it private. The fact that I know that, what, like six or seven people are going to listen to this? <laughs> You're in a therapy session with a spectating crowd. It's a little different. Um, I, I am happy for the way uh, she phrased this question, though. Uh, it's something that comes up. Actually, I, I read a lot of the, the, the advice columns. They're my, my guilty pleasure. The Ann yeah. Landers and all those things. And this comes up all the time, but it's phrased very differently than what she did. It Usually, uh, the way it's phrased, it's usually a female writer, and they'll say, I would be into it, but it's his fault because he doesn't help enough around the house. Like, it's this kind of this setup that if he just cooked and cleaned and all this, the, 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 the woman right, would suddenly right. be full of energy. And I think it's more likely that it's like she described here, regardless of what he does, she's probably just less interested because she's at that stage of her life and there's nothing wrong with her and there's nothing wrong sure. with him. Uh, I mean, at this point, you just look at what their bodies are looking for. If you look at why we evolved sex in the first place, uh, I mean, a guy could have 200 kids. I mean, only two or three people in human history have had that many, but if you were a, a medieval they king play, or a they're, sultan- They're all in the NBA. Yeah, yeah. you know, you, you, if you had a harem of, you could, you could potentially have kids into your 70s or 80s if you're a guy, but if you're a female, I mean, all likelihood in the modern age, you're going to have two, three, four kids and that's it. And after that, your body's saying, well, what the heck do you need with this anymore? Why do you, why are you doing this? So it's only natural that you would, uh, that you would, you would feel like you need it less than him. Uh, and, uh, I would say for the part with the, the emotion and the physical, uh, 
and maybe this is the, the worst psychological advice ever. Maybe I'm going to ruin your marriage, but do you really have to get both of those at the same time? So you know what he wants physically, and we know what you want emotionally, um, but maybe maybe expecting those at the same moment at the same time of night is, is unrealistic or just not going to happen now with where you are in life. Maybe you can say, well, we can do this for you tonight, but here's what I want from you emotionally tomorrow. Let's go and do, let's go antiquing. Let's just cuddle on the couch. Let's do something else. Whatever you're looking for emotionally, uh, you know, ask for that maybe separately uh, and see if you can if you can still get both halves of what you need and just maybe not at the same time. And maybe maybe that's a terrible idea. I don't know, but it came to me there and it seemed uh, it seemed like it might work. What do you think, Steve? <laughs> I <clears throat> I like where your head's at there, James. You're very pragmatic about it. Except I hear the butt coming. <laughs> think finely tuned sports car. That uh, it's not a rational process, I don't think. And by the way, that's not couched in this question. You're sort of taking it more broadly because of the Ann Landers columns that you're reading. This one sounds like the, the emotional part is there. In fact, she even added that he, he does laundry. I think that's a nice little kick in to say, He's doing what he needs to do, mm -hmm. and uh, I, I'm sort of getting resentful because there's a part that I don't feel like doing anymore. Yeah, and, and anything, yeah. And so many relationship issues require compromise, and like with anything, when you you know you, you compromise, what do you end up with? You'll probably probably have less sex than he wants, probably more sex than you want. You'll probably meet in somewhere in the middle, and as long as both people are slightly unhappy, you have a you have a happy marriage, maybe, <laughs> or the opposite of that. yeah. <laughs> But I, I would just, again, bring it down to uh, it's not intercourse per se that he is needing. That may be what he's wanting. But if there is kind of a physical urgency there, I'm, I'm thinking let's get a little bit creative and at least take her out of it some so that she can feel less resentment. I, there's things that she'll probably do that don't require as much energy on her part. And I would say, let's try those for the time being. I'm glad that he still uh, relies on her for that part of his life, for that need that he has. And let's just see if we can alter it a little bit so that it satisfies both of them. How, uh, how often are you able to effectively address this issue in marriage counseling? Is this something that's an easy fix or is this something that gets you 50 sessions a year with somebody? No, this is something that usually, uh, well, I'll tell you, this is something when people bring it in, it's usually past the point of being able to fix it because one is so pissed off at the other <laughs> that uh, sex becomes a bargaining chip that it, it ends up, both end up resenting each other because of this. So a lot of times, some people, by the time they come into therapy, there are one's already out and they just kind of want a soft landing pad for the other one, or they want to check it off and say, see, I tried therapy. So if it's really um, venomous between the two of them, this is more, we'll be here two or three times and then you'll never see us again. Seriously. I gotcha. So it's, uh, so usually by the time people seek, uh, seek marriage help, it's too late. That's, that's good to know. So before you, before you drop that $200 copay or whatever it is, ask yourself, are we beyond resuscitation here? Or maybe, maybe instead of doing any of that, just listen to your, your handy 10 minute long podcast out there somewhere. And maybe that can fix all your marital issues for you. Who knows? It can work wonders sometimes. By the way, I didn't say usually you did. I said sometimes that happens that, and you can feel it right away where one is defensive and defiant and unwilling to even engage in the process. They were usually chided by the other one to come into therapy. 
Well, so I think we actually came out with some some unusually coherent and specific advice this time, which is not what we typically do. So uh, do you have any closing thoughts, Steve? No, I don't want to embarrass you further. <laughs> All right. We've traumatized everyone enough. So thank you very much for joining us this week for 10 Minutes to Save Your Marriage. If you have a relationship question, it doesn't have to be a marriage question. Send it to me at jamesbreakwell at explodingunicorn.com. That's exploding unicorn with the E. And it can be it can be a marriage question, but it can also be uh, you know boyfriend, girlfriend, uh, two platonic friends, parent, child, co-workers, uh, whatever you want it to be. Uh, send it in and we'll do our best to address it uh, and hopefully make things better maybe make things a little worse but definitely make things awkward <laughs> not always just this time <laughs> so thank you very much for joining us for 10 minutes to save your marriage and that's 10 minutes of your life you'll never get back <laughs>